Hello. Oh, hello, Marilyn. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Dan. How are you? Good. Good. Did you reboot? Is that all? Why did you just Skype me the two letters okay? To let you know. Oh, that it's I time. Got everything working here. I didn't know you had things not working there. What what's happening, Dan? Oh, Is it the you new know, I year? Got this... Are you are you in a kerfuffle because of the new year? Yeah, sure. Why not? I got this I got this old Ugh. screen here. And old screen. The, I had to connect it to the thing and then it was you know, whatever. It's not even, Oh hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It doesn't hang on. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about Let's here? Talk I, about wait, something did you tell important. me did you tell me? Hang on, let me go back. Uh, season three. So and I said so many feelings. And I said, Let's go a quarter after, please. Mm. Mm. It's been a while since I've done a restart. You said sure, doing mm. your best impersonation of John Syracusa. And then I said thanks exclamation point. Is sure something that John says? You know it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, when you see John Syracuse, we've covered this on, the, on another program, but anytime I see John Syracuse typing the four letters, S-U-R-E, you can really, you can hear it in his voice. Here, you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Because you've heard, you've heard this before. You ready? <clears throat> Let's see. Sure. <laughs> that's Do you hear not, it? Yeah, that's not how I, I say it, though, but yeah. No, sure. no, no, that's how he says it. Yeah, that's how he says it, though. I'll do it again. You ready? Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Which, which, you know, anyway, we've covered it. Happy New Year in Happy any New case. Year, rabbit, rabbit. What, what, what's going on with your setup there? You're using an old screen? It's an old screen and it's actually a TV monitor. It's like a crappy old TV. And the, listen to this, listen. You hear that? It comes with a built-in Zippo. That is the remote. Oh. I have to use the remote and the remote just stopped working. So I had to, now it's working. But I had to screen share. Is this way for you to just it. be able to watch your stories while we're recording? Be honest. <laughs> I just wanna, yeah, I just want to get my pills and watch my uh-huh. stories and young, put new tennis up balls on, like, on what, the like, walker. Young, young and... the Restless. <laughs> uh. um. <laughs> what were those? Well, Ad- they sound like Advil. It's Advil. It's literally Advil. Knew it. Knew it. Oh, let's, here's a new game. Digga, 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 digga. Identify Merlin's pills. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, no. The other ones would be too hard. Well, this one might be easy for you. Well, yeah. No, that one's, I think that's... Oh, this is my anti-nausea, um, which doesn't sound like much. It's called Ondansetron, which I think sounds like part of a visit with St. Nick. <laughs> and this is Claritin. Oh, I'll have, I'll have a couple Claritin. Um... Let's see. Hi, happy so New like Year. So whatever man. you're in the mood for that morning, that's what you do. Well, it's like a Chinese buffet, except nominally about my health. <laughs> Don't cut in line in the Chinese buffet. <laughs> oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. Um, it's like that old Roger Miller song. You can't cut in line in the Chinese buffet. You can't cut in line in the Chinese buffet. Um, it's that a platinum big, album big, right there. Platinum. I grew up. I've had this has come up several times, and this, you're getting me off my topic, which is my takeover of this show in just a minute. Um, me taking over this show. Imagine that. Um, I'm gonna take these Claritins now. Mm, okay, I got two beverages. I got, mm, mm. I got my trauma book. I got my my new Pearl book. I started a new Field Notes. I've got a stamp, a, uh, a rubber stamp that I like. I've got this utility knife, my favorite chair, my paddle ball game. I feel like I'm in pretty good shape. Um, so, uh, what were we talking about? You said you're you take over the show. I don't know. Wow. Huh. Huh. <laughs> 
is this is this a show? Have we started the show? Do you think I've, this has come up several times lately? Where I've uh, uh, maybe because I'm just old and I'm sentimental, and uh, but you know, uh, Dan, I think you you probably know this. You grew up with music in the house, right? Did your did I your like folks music like play music? House. Yeah, I always. But like, did that. your folks play music when you were a kid? Did they play DJ? Yeah, they'd put on a uh, you know some vinyl albums and. Uh... But you know, I feel like I. I, uh, I'm going to repeat this factoid because I think it's a great factoid. Yeah. Um, there was, hmm, you, you remember, time was you go to the mall. Mm-hmm. You know, you got two, you got, uh, usually malls have two ends, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, like a woman. <laughs> and uh, one end, you, got, you might have a Badalton and a Walden Books, but they'd be on different ends, right? You might have like a, a record bar and a Camelot at different ends. Yeah. You, or what we less. what we had was a Spex music, which here in Austin is a liquor store. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Did you I don't think Spex? we say that anymore. I say, we say Latinx now. But you you would go. Spex was a pretty good record store. You know what else is great? It was Tower. First time I ever went to a Tower, it was unbelievable. Never had the Tower kind of, records where I lived. Well, no, no, we didn't have. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Uh, we had it in Bayonet Point, Florida. Mm-hmm. No, first time I came to, uh, as you call it, Frisco. You or never, San Fran. I never said that. I've never. You say it all the time. You love never, saying that. Yeah, just around you. Just around you. Hmm. Um. You should drink more water. Here's my. I thought. have it. Oh, thank you. I got it right here. Hold on. You got got three, the six, stir five. in there and everything. I got a. I got a nice tea with lime, and I've got a. Uh, a Back on water. the blueberry though, the uh, watermelon was not blueberry recommended. Hi, hi. <laughs> I'm blueberry. Uh huh. Um. I was gonna say that. They say, you know, they used to, and then, then did you ever have these? You must have had these in, at least in the Orlando uh, uh, area. The store where, like, the maybe Yamaha, but there'd be a store where they sell, like, organs and keyboards. Yeah, we always had one of those, and it was over Isn't by it? the Sears, um, right by the Radio Shack, across Isn't from the KB though, Toy Store, which is where I used to work across from the place that sold the cookies and the Cokes to mall employees. You could get a cookie and a Coke uh-huh. for a dollar uh-huh. ten. And so mm. imagine, I, this is why I wound Pioneering up in the hospital one time. Pioneering a new type six diabetes. Yeah, I went to the hospital because of this. And I had- That's um, awesome. And, I, but, because of the, but it was like, it's good money. You'd be crazy, you'd be leaving, as we used to say in the dot-com days, you'd be leaving money on the table if you didn't get your Coke and your cookie. Well, I hadn't eaten anything all day. Mm-mm. All and day. You I got to sleep. work. And before I went into work, I grabbed a cookie and a Coke. And so I uh-huh. drank the Coke and I ate the cookie. I used to eat like that, Dan. I used to eat exactly like that. And then whenever- Someone would go on a little break or something. They'd say, I'm going to go on break. Do you want anything? You want me to bring you back a cookie and a would Coke? Would you say a, co- a Coke and a cookie? And I'd say, yeah, bring me back a cookie. So I probably had five or six of those over the course of the- But you because t- I was time was you could do that, Dan. The summer of 1986. <laughs> uh, uh, I, summer of 86, which is also my summer of punk rock. Uh-huh. I delivered flowers for a living in a- Boy, this was really- this. I, th- this, I was showing my kid taxi driver last night because I ruled- No, no, I no. The scene, where Joe Spinell asks uh, Travis for his uh, chauffeur's license. Mm. Remember, he takes it out and he says that, you know, he's a Marine. He says, I was a Marine, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and then, uh, and, you know, if you're going go to a, go to a, a, a Times Square theater, don't, don't ask out the lady by the popcorn. The point being, Roger Miller, I'll get to in a second, and then I'm going to take over the show, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing was i i've heard and I've, I've i've tried dan i've tried to find this website not just because i want to accurately cite it 
You know, I should look on 43 folders if it's still up because I'll bet there's a link there. There used to be this website. It was a very modest little mid-2000s, you know, web 0.2 website. And, uh, and it would be like the, they would ask people in a given profession, and I, I, you're going to remember this, ask people in a given profession what's the single um, like most interesting, surprising, useful thing you've learned that has helped you in your job. The most famous of which, this is where I learned about this, a person in customer service says, uh, sometimes well, the first thing we have to do is ask people to make sure it's turned on. I know you know this. Our listeners might. This is where I learned this fact. You say, you say to them, uh, you, know, you don't say, is it plugged in? And you don't say, could you unplug it and plug it back in? What, what do you say to that person, Dan? Unplug the thing and touch the thing in the thing. It's pretty close. What you say is, uh, you say, uh, did you, can you turn it off and on? And say, I already did that. And you go, okay, well, just this is really dumb. I have to do this. Could you do me a favor? Could you please unplug it, blow the dust out of the prongs, and then wait just a couple seconds and plug it back in? And why is that the best tip that person knows? Well, you know why. Yeah. You've all done this. Mm-hmm. I've done this this week. The person claims or says, you know, that they unplugged it and replugged it. Well, what's the bigger problem? It was never plugged in. Or, you know, it was not plugged in is a super pattern that uh, comprises, constitutes, includes many other patterns, which is like, oh, it wasn't plugged in right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, what does plugged in mean? Well, plugged in means lots of things. Like, for some reason, my bash profile went away and I have to find it. And yes, it did work fine once before, but it wasn't plugged in because my bash profile is all confused. There's all, right? Another great one that I heard from this website, I will try to find it. Uh, I won't find it for notes this week, but I'm going to keep looking because I'm going to take over the show in a minute. Um, I haven't yet. Um, a person who, and so, 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 so Dan, you got your cookie. Oh, yes, yeah, so summer of 1986. Uh, that was also a summer when the 32 ounce Big Gulp was 50 cents all summer. Mm-hmm. That was a big so deal. I, would, I had a lot, Dan, I had a lot of Big Gulps. I listened to the Ramones way too loud. I drove very unsafely. I listened to, uh, well, I want to say Candy Apple Gray, but Husker Du like a lot. Had bad tape roll. That's not Bob Mould's problem. Um, but the the point being, uh, 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 what do you know? So you had your cookie and your Coke. What else do you know about the organ place over by the Sears near the Cookies and Coke? What, what what's what's like the dis- distinguishing characteristic of that place as you walk around the mall? I mean, they'd be playing their organ music really, they'd really loud. They'd be playing their organ music really loud and really loud. And they and it would be it would usually be it was a dude. In like a dress shirt and a necktie, you know, looking kind of like kind of uh, you know uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh-huh, very. <laughs> and he'd be s- sitting there and you know, dun, 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 yeah. and smiling and very charismatic because sure. he's out there playing playing organ songs and like trying to attract some clientele, as you say. Mm-hmm. Now, the tip from this website from many years ago, the best tip that person ever heard is like if you if you get it, you get a live one. You get somebody going by. Maybe you're going to just do this to amuse yourself. Maybe you're going to do this to hopefully, you know, make a sale because I'm sure it was a, it's a commission it was all racket. About sales, yeah. It's all, you know what it is? It's all about the undercoating. <laughs> and so somebody walks by and you get a live one, you got a mark, and, and here's that person's best thing they ever learned. Play, estimate, so it's kind of like guessing their age and weight, right? You estimate that person's age. And then from your vast repertoire of songs you know, you play a song that was popular. Now, this person, I think, said when they were 18. Play a song that was popular when they're 18. Now, if that were me, I would play a song that was pop, not a song that it looks like they would have liked when they were 14. 
So if you can play Voices Carry By Till Tuesday, <laughs> or you could play, if you were on an organ in the mm-hmm. year of our Lord 2022, and you started playing Wave of Mutilation by Pixies, I would stop, and I, I, would, I would buy you a Brandy Snifter, and I would put five American dollars in it. Cease to exist, given my goodbyes, you know? Wave of mutilation, wave of mutilation, wave that of song. mutilation. Oh wave. I never need to hear that song again. Shut That's your mouth. That's one of my mouth. least favorite songs in the whole world. I hate that okay, song. Okay, you are in a mood today, and I can't help I that. I hate that song. Show. It's the worst song. Really? Do you yes. just not like Doolittle do at all? I, feel I like, like every, every the rest of the album's fine. Just mm, that one song. It's a song really, really me. good album. But I know from my early days of when I had a Sedea player. I'll tell was you when I it, got that. The problem even that I have. numbered songs were the best songs on the record. I don't even need to look. All right. The I problem that I have. What about Debaser? Do you like Debaser? Do 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 do. My that's my least favorite of all of their work. That album, Wave of Mutilation. Mm-hmm. Because than, you, you like that less than Crackety uh, Jones. Let me just tell you why. Hmm. And I'm sorry that I know you know the name of the guitarist and everything, and I don't. But mm-hmm. the way jo- that he jo- jo- bends, Joey Santiago and Black Francis, aka Frank Black, the way yeah, I know Fra- Frank Black, but the way they bend notes on that, the in and out. Oh, it's, it's just, I see what you're saying. It kills me. It crushes me. It's it's, it's, it's very dissonant. Very, and I do. I I'll that find it for ruins. Notes the entire and you know what they didn't do that very much Mm. in the other albums that was like a that album Mm, thing yeah i suppose more on that album and it's just it's it's like over the it's like you know how they how what's really was popular for a while was that Mm. little like um that little whistle sound that's like they play a lot in that one song in the ghetto like that you know that song and rap mu- music the little uh you're talking root, about the penny whistle sound root, from root, titanic that that thing oh. how they just overdid it root, all root, the songs what is you root, just root, can't root, listen root, to it sing anymore. it again sing it again sing it again no, i'm not root, doing root. it again anyway you oh. know what i'm talking about the audience knows what i'm talking about i cannot i like, I like that penny whistle sound from titanic that means something sad and irish is about to happen and, and so that you don't like that they okay, just overdid it. it they just overdid it all is right. all i'm trying to what's say. one what's one um what, what do you like? Like, do you like a, like a gigantic, or do you like a Here Comes Your Man, or do you like uh, what do you what do you? That's do you a better. Like, like, and do, Here Comes Your Man is a much better time period for me. Or I mean, uh, they don't bend mm-hmm. it as much. They don't bend it as much. Too much bending. Uh huh. Too many notes. You want to hear perfect? Um, you want to hear perfect yes. bending? Um, you're gonna search. Jimmy you're Page, gonna Jimmy Page for you. Go Jimmy to Page. Google and type okay. in um, Guns and Roses space mm-hmm. slash yeah. space. Okay. Bending, he is yeah. the he he is the best you're, bender. You're like a racist, but for less Pauls, less is Paul, less is Paul. More He's is great, less. and and the way that the Pixies do it, <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, kills me, unlistenable all to right. me. I can't have that. All right, well, Stay so I know in the notes. Mutilation is going to be. It's not my favorite song, but I I like it quite a lot. Hate it. Uh, uh, and speaking of Bob Mould, you know Bob Mould when he wrote that song, doon, 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 he wrote that song that uh, oh, down to the water, uh, the sugar song. That's like a tribute to the Pixies. To, sorry, to Pixies, who in turn were a band that loved Husker Du. They put up an ad, supposedly uh, Frank Black uh, put up an ad that said he wanted to start a band that's a cross between Husker Du and Peter Paul and Mary. Okay. Anyway, well, so is there a Pixie song you'd like me to put in notes? Mm-mm. No, I'd like to. You got a bending problem. Delete it. Oh, you Pixies. you want you want uh, slash bending? And you can put that in there if you want. He's known huh. for 
bending very well. Nothing, nothing lasts forever, even cold uh, November rain. <laughs> he had a bad day. I'm doing a bit from Do You Look Nice today now. But that was, that, was, uh, that was definitely a very, very bad day in a tiny, tiny church. She went outside to have a cigarette and do a solo. That's a really good solo. Um, and I think people imprint upon 16 goddamn minutes. I think people imprint upon songs, I'm going to say, from when I was 14. Like, I have, um, I mean, it varies, obviously. Like, I've, there are songs, a like Peter, Paul, and Mary song, like, say, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Like, yeah. I have a very strong association with that song. It was my grandmother's favorite song. Um, Puff the Magic Dragon is a very sad song. But you, I think you imprint on, on songs from a certain time in your life. Um, my dad... I think my, my, well, I can say with some certainty, my dad was more actively um, into, like, he actually had a strong feeling about music that he liked. Whereas I think my mom was a little more go along, get along. The music that my grandfather played in my mom's house was what we've come to call easy listening. So that eventually would be things like, you know, Jackie Gleason records and, you know, orchestral stuff and Montavani. So... And the eight tracks we got every month from the RCA Music Club of America were usually, if you, did, if you didn't fill out the card and send it back, we'd get an easy listening eight track. But when my dad affirmatively would bring music into the house, it was stuff he felt strongly about, like Hank Williams or Glenn Campbell or um, um, what was the one I was going to say? He loved Roger Miller. That's the guy I was referring to at the top of the program. Do you remember Roger Miller? King of the Road is probably his best known song. Trailers for sale or rent. You know that song? I do know that one. Do you know that? Do you know? You I don't know who it was by. I had no idea who that was by. Um, what was the one? You can't go swimming in a watermelon patch. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Remember that? Remember Roger Miller? He did King of the Road. It's probably his best known song. Anyway, that was the point. Also, we have a sponsor. I think this week too. Um, that that I'm not there yet. Just just I'm gonna take over the show in a minute. Okay. Um, we have a sponsor this week, and and I it's a it's uh, seven letters in the name of this company, and it reminds me a lot of a Kiss record. So right before we started recording, here's me. Da 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 dum da 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 dum da 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 dum boom 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 mail gun. <laughs> yes, that's still a sponsor. Um. Why don't you, I'll tell you what. Did we do we cover everything there? You're not so so. You just are you are you being are you being bristly or did you actually you weren't super into the Pixies? They're a little before your time, right? No, 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 not before my time. I've I um I did. You, were girl. you into like '90s Pixies? Were you like around like '90s? Because like I first learned about Pixies through the song Gigantic, uh, which used to play sometimes uh, at, at at dance clubs in the summer of 1989. In summer of 1989 was my big Pixies year. That was also my hip-hop summer. It was my hip-hop summer. It was my um, European dance music summer. It was my Eric B. and Rakim summer. Of course, it was the summer of 1989, the number, another summer, sound of the funky drummer. Music's hitting you hard, because I know you got soul, brothers and sisters. It was a big summer. Mm -hmm. I was working on my thesis. I was recording a lot of TV commercials for my quote-unquote thesis. I think you imprint on things, is what I'm saying. And I imprinted on Roger Miller, if I'm being honest. This came up because we were watching the great movie WALL-E. And I said, I said to my daughter, I said, because uh, we have a new, uh, I told you about a robot mop that looks like Mo. Mo. And um, anyway, my, my point being, I, I think Hello, Dolly is not a very good musical. And I'll just say that, even though we did listen to it. My dad really liked MAME, which is also not a very good musical. It's okay. But, uh, you know, I think you imprint on music. Now, I also imprinted on Wings. I was a big Wings boy. I was, I was big into the Jackson 5 
and uh, and then wings. And I, I liked. I had the forty five for listening to what the man said, and I think I imprinted on that. You ever have a record with a skip that you can still remember? Like where it skips in a particular yeah. part of one song? Yeah, the My sticks, ver- uh, Mr. Roboto. Oh, album. you're kidding. That's your copy of what? Kilroy was here? <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh my gosh. Well, like I can still remember. So I had a 45 of listening to what the man said, which I think is a really, it's a, if you go back and listen to it, it's a really interesting song. It's almost like the, the, the style, because like he'd done some reggae-ish things before. If you think about something like Jet, think about the beginning of Jet. It's kind of like a reggae song. And then on uh, listening to what the man said, it's almost like a, uh, almost like a rock steady song. But um, there's one part on that, about 45 of that, that I bought at my dad's department store where he worked, and it had a skip on, Beloved is blind, beloved is blind, and I can still remember where the skip was. Also, there was a skip on the first track of my Meat Puppets 2 CD. Now, was it a skip, or was it, was it where it would get hung up and you'd actually have to move the needle? It was pretty skippy. It was pretty skippy. Whereas, I think the Meat Puppets 2... No, no, I'm sorry. It was up on the sun. It was my... I, I, sorry. I, I regret... Sorry, uh, uh, Chris and Kirk. Um, the uh, uh, And Derek. Sorry, Derek. Uh, and also, yes, that... It's a down, 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 long time ago. It had a digital, I think it was a, ma- like, not mastering, but like when they made the CD, I think it had a oopsie doopsie. Oopsie doopsie. Do you want to tell me about something and then I'll take over the show? Sure, I would, I would love to tell you about Mailgun. Now, now, do you think, okay, who's going to get in trouble for me singing a Paul Stanley, Stanley song from the mid-70s? Only, over only a- Paul Stanley would care, I think, at this point. I think Melgum. No love kidding. It. Did you watch the second season of Tiger King? Uh, unfortunately, I did. Yes. Okay. Well, you know that horrible man, Jeff. Yes. There's a there's an image, and I went and I looked this up. I'm not going to find it for notes, but there's the, there's you know how he's got his red haired girlfriend. Yes. And, and like, did you ever see? And so there's a movie. This is so obscure, but this is the way my brain works. There's this overhead shot of them like laying in bed, like him. And two ladies laying in bed, and they're mm-hmm. wearing like underpants, mm-hmm. and it looks—it almost exactly echoes a shot from *The Decline of Western Western Civilization* Part Two, where Paul Stanley is being interviewed with an overhead camera in bed with a lady. Except in this case, it's Jeff, and I just want to say to Jeff, confidential to Jeff, this is none of my business. You're not fooling anybody with the bandana, and you're not fooling anybody with the hat. <laughs> you got to stop. And I taught my daughter because I think this is important: is that when when you see when you see somebody doing that. You know, it's you know, it's rarely a full head of hair. Dan, what's the deal with Mailgun? Did you say it's, what's it called? Mailgun? Yeah, Mailgun. I've used Mailgun. I love Mailgun. And uh, you get a license, that, get a license so, for that tiger. <clears throat> Mailgun. <clears throat> so this is how. Let me tell you a little bit about Mailgun. Right. It's something you've got to know. I can't wait to hear. It's something you got to know. You got to pull the trigger of my Mailgun. Uh, why haven't you been using Mailgun? Is my main question because it's how modern companies work. Who with told email. you could work with men? Now I'm going to have to watch that. I know. It's easy to use. They've got world-class support. They've got powerful APIs. But what this does is it lets development teams get in touch with real customers at scale. And they have what what they call, and I would call it this too, a data-driven approach. So your organization can grow faster. So what this lets you do, Mailgun lets you send and track your transactional and marketing emails effortlessly. So you can do things like prevent fake signups. You can remove invalid email addresses from your list. You can 
you can hook up with the email experts. It'll improve your email deliverability. They're going to drive higher conversion rates. They're helping hundreds of thousands of companies around the world provide connected experiences. And as they would say, Merlin, drive better, smarter results. So basically- Oh, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. They use companies that use them like DHL. Maybe you heard of them. Wikipedia, Toast, Lyft, Mm. Microsoft. They all are using Mailgun. And it's really, really cool because they have this, one of these cool features that they have is something that they call send time optimization. So this lets, it automatically finds the ideal send time for each and every individual on your list based on the time that that person is most likely to see and understand the importance of your email, most likely to engage. So what a lot of people are doing, I mean, on the the basic sense is like you built an app and you want to have an email confirmation to the person. Like, yes, that, okay. But also when you have things happen in the applications that you're building, you might want to send them out emails to let them know, oh, you know, it's time for you to do this or we haven't seen you for a little while, come and do this or, oh, this thing that you posted is about to go live, don't forget. Or we're about to invoice you. All of these things happen with Mailgun behind the scenes, but it's much more than that. There's people who manage lists. There's people who are interacting with their their people on their list and they want to do it more intelligently. I mean, there's so much that you can do. Their API is incredibly, incredibly straightforward, which is great if you're a developer. Um, but there's so much more behind the scenes that they just handle for you to make it all easy. It's never been easier to build connected experiences than with Mailgun. So start sending with Mailgun today. They didn't give us a, a custom URL. That's okay. Huh. They just want people to know about them and go check it out. So if you go I think to- that takes, I think that takes a lot of, uh, of, of courage. Bravado. Uh, bravado. It takes a lot of braggadociousness mm-hmm. and it means, it means you trust in your, in your gun. And they're developer you know, there first. There are many that's, like it, but this one is male. That's the other thing I'm going to say. It's the develop, developer hmm. focused first. Hmm. Engineered for reliability. They got a 99.99 SLA uptime. Really awesome and really great support. So go check it out. No custom URL. Just go to mailgun.com. M-A-I-L. Just keep typing things until you get a mailgun. Mailgun.com. Go check it out. Thanks very much to Mailgun for making this show possible. Thank you, Mailgun. Buck, buck. It's early. Um, what time okay, is it? Way up, the, way up there is uh, nine. Uh, it's nine forty-four a.m. Oh no, be all right. You know, Tuesdays are Tuesdays are. I don't know, man. Tuesdays also schools back in. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, don't even know. No, no school talk. Uh, no school talk. No, 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 no. no. We got um, more. You got to take over the show. Do it. I need a better name for this because this na- this is such a wisdom lazy name. document. Wisdom. Well, how about, yes. do you know, do you know the a word I feel like isn't in your vocabulary as much as it should be? Success. Hori. H-O-A-R-Y. Hori. H-O-A-R-Y. Yeah, it's a great word. Hori is in like old, Hori wizened grade. Yes. Why, w- w- grayish Hori white. Hori wizened grade, the first lord of agingness. Wizened with uh, age. Is it wizened or wizened? I, I used to say, it's one of those internet words, right? Uh-huh. That should be a thing. Where like you've never said it before. <laughs> yeah. And you realize you've been like thinking it wrong in your head the whole time. Yes. That's definitely a thing. That's a sniglet. Um, and uh, I don't have much occasion to use hoary. And I tend to, I'm not saying it's not a good word because it's the problem is it's too good of a word. And like a thing I picked up when I was, uh, you know, writing things was that you want to care, be careful in how you choose words because if it's a word that makes people stop and go, oh, that's a good word, or it makes people go stop and go, oh, that's a, 
interesting word or what does that word mean? Like it, it you know what I mean? It kind of, it can, you need to choose those carefully. Yeah. Otherwise you get, people get kind of caught up and it doesn't flow, but yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, well, I don't have time for this today cause I'm taking over a different show, but yeah, no, uh, on, on, the, on the advice of counsel, I have, uh, changed the wisdom project into an actual, uh, repository, I've paid for the fancy version of Tower, and I'm now, in addition to learning uh, learning Pearl, that's the name of the book I got, uh, I need I need better jokes for John Syracuse, so I'm going to learn Pearl. And also- um, You're going I'm learning, to learn Pearl in 2021. I'm also learning Git. Git. Git is relatively straightforward. You need That's three what people things. say, but you then you got Master Head. Master Head commit, no, pull, you don't need push. To do it's a lot. No, I do. I need that. You don't need And that. now I'm having to learn that, but Tower's a really cool I app. could teach you everything you need to know about Git in under 10 minutes, and you, you wouldn't would not be the first Tower one to say for that. it. Tower's neat. It's neat and unnecessary. Okay. We want to thank Tower for not yeah, sponsoring Yeah, they're never going to sponsor us anyway. I need a better name for this. Taskapalooza is a terrible name. Um, I have, I'm going to talk about task-related things today. And I I didn't prepare... Also, if you're I'm, using VS Code, it gets built into that. You don't ever need to type a thing again. You just click one thing. I utilized that. But like, no, like, okay, so like... Never mind, this is boring. No, this is interesting. Finally, I'm interested. Well, okay. So we're talking about the, the baser all day. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Slicing up eyeballs. Let's talk about get. Let's talk about something important. I'm Un Shen Andalusia. I am Un Shen. He's an Andalusian dog, is what he's saying. Okay, let's do it. An Android phone. And so tasks. We'll come back to get. Um, first of all, I got I got two palate cleansers and then a main topic. I, I think you could talk, probably tell me about the second thing you like after the second palate cleanser. Would that work for you in my takeover? Yeah. All right, you, you got an easy one this week. I'm going to just run with this. Okay. Um, last week, I mentioned something, um, the, the phrase in the community is that I pulled it out of my ass, but I was saying last week that maybe one, maybe our annual reframe, <laughs> maybe this could become an annual thing, um, uh, and the reframe of thinking about, instead of thinking about a resolution where you, you know, act like you're knocking down a door and try to do something you've never done before, maybe you've never done well before, maybe try and enhance... Uh, something you think you are kind of good at, but want to be better at. And I got a couple nice responses from people uh, about that. Made me feel good. Um, I also wanted to just add an adjunct to that. And this is, I wouldn't bring this up, except that I think people are interested in self If you're listening to this show, you're nominally interested in some kind of self-improvement. Uh, and, you know, the, the calendar changing. I think it's so nice that Field Notes, Field Notes gives you an extra month on their a- annual calendar. I pulled off my December they're out of stock right now on Field Notes calendars. I pulled off my December, and guess what? There's a January. I'm looking at it now, January 2022. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Supply chain. Um, I had another idea about that, and this is kind of related to something we were talking about on Do By Friday, but, um, oh, God, this is boring, but it's interesting to me. You know what I think is an interesting uh, exercise is to think about repeating tasks. And, and I, by that, I don't necessarily, well, it can mean things like, hey, dummy, remember, in my case, remember to take out the trash and the trash cans, get them to the curb on Monday nights, because Tuesday's pickup day. But I just thought, I thought this would be kind of an interesting exercise. It's something I'm doing, and it's something I wanted to share. If you are the sort of uh, secretly in the closet, resolution inclined person, um, think about the repeating tasks in your life on 
sort of not four levels, but at four uh, repetitions. Think about stuff you do or want to do daily. Think about stuff you want to do weekly. Think about stuff you want to do monthly. And think about stuff you want to do annually. And unsurprisingly, there are a lot of tasks that meet that criteria in the same way that how did meetings get to be an hour long? Because every app that we use for calendar stuff defaults unless you change it tends to default to one hour for a meeting. Um, but I think it's an interesting way to reverse engineer a little bit about your life, how you'd like it to be, how you'd like it to change. And I've started capturing, including things I know I already do or I know I should do daily, weekly, monthly, annually. And my idea for y'all uh, is to try that. Start thinking about Let's take something as dumb as a daily task. Mm -hmm. Okay, is there a task you should be doing daily? Yeah, maybe. Like, is there stuff you do daily? Yeah, there is. Well, okay, uh, how do you make sure that gets done? How do you ensure you're doing it or scheduling it or planning it at the right time? Um, and then there's stuff like, you know, kind of the weekly things for me of like, I have a sort of informal Friday ritual uh, a very Mike Montero-esque tidy up my space thing here at my private office. Mm -hmm. Like clean off my desk. Like, you know, get the junk off my desk and like put it away like yeah. a person. Yeah. Like get out the 90% the rubbing alcohol and clean off the surfaces <laughs> before well, you leave actually, the you office. Want, you want 70. You want 70. You don't want 90. You saying that's too dry? 90% uh, according to our, our friend uh, Don or the bug counter. Um, you talking guy. about Dr. Don? Yeah. He hmm. told me that what um, that actually, apparently, seventy percent is the kind of alcohol that you want to use to kill the germs because seventy percent breaks down the their membranes and that's what kills them. Oh, that's them. cool. But somehow ninety percent, right. it does not do that. You would think that like that's stronger and there it would kill more, but actually ninety percent is not as good. And if you have ninety percent and you want to kill it, you. I don't know if you want to right. dilute it. That you, like how um, you get yeah, that right, but, yeah. that's that's actually super good to know. I'm not uh, for myself. I'm not doing it to get rid of like bacteria or germs or whatever. Um, uh, but saliently, I am cleaning electronic things, kind of like my touchpad. My I'm not don't put it on your screen ever, ever, ever. Mm. But oh my god, you oleophobic coating or oleophobia. Something? Yep, 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 yep. Um, but, uh, what I'm, but I do want one that is, uh, has less water content because I do want it to evaporate well. And I'm mainly just trying to clean stuff off oh, rather than like cleaning it. Then you want 90 for sure. Yeah, you do. Yeah yeah. 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 That's what, yeah. So in my case, but then related to that, well, related, what do you mean? Well, okay. Clean, can I read, can I read off. you something though really quick? Yes. But then second, that's when I weekly Fridays, that's also when I plug in my keyboard and my touchpad before I leave the office. Cause like, why would you ever have to be reminded you forgot to charge that on next Tuesday or Wednesday, if you could make that part of that weekly practice. So that's the exercise over. Okay. Um, Using uh, one of the more concentrated solutions of alcohol will result in almost immediate coagulation of surface or cell wall proteins and prevent passage of the alcohol into the cell. When the outer membrane is coagulated, it, pre it protects the virus or bacteria from letting through the isopropyl. Thus, the stronger solution of isopropyl is, crea is creating a protection for the germ from the antiseptic properties of isopropyl, rendering the virus or bacteria more resilient against the isopropyl oh. alcohol. To put it simply, higher concentrations cause uh -huh. an external injury that forms a Ooh. protective wall and shields the organism. 
Um, oh, I'm helping it. I'm it taking also, it to the gym. It also evaporates. Uh, taking, taking it to the bacterial rowing machine. Very quickly, which does not allow it to penetrate mm. cell walls and kill bacteria and therefore isn't, a good, isn't good for disinfecting surfaces. In other words, it breaks down the outside of the cell before it can penetrate the pathogen. And, and that's why. So that's also why you can see corn. Seventy percent isopropyl alcohol. Did you know that because yeah. of cell walls? Yep. That's because corn has a cell wall. It's undigestible. Can effectively cross over the cell membrane, thereby attacking the entire cell Crosses and killing over. the bacteria. This is a studies done by the CDC and uh-huh. uh, redone in twenty twenty. Okay, so it 70%. is now. What about the mitochondria? Uh, hmm. However. Yes. A viruses with an envelope structure, such as the cold, flu, or coronavirus, can be broken down by alcohol do, do solutions of 60% or? or higher. Okay. But okay. norovirus Does cannot be killed with any concentration of alcohol. Mm. Okay. That is um, fascinatingly not what... Uh, that's good. Now, did Don... Did, excuse me. Did uh, Dr. Don PhD, did he write that? Uh, he did not write this one, unfortunately. Um this is a scholar. Of- you know, he's a scholar. He's an adjunct. He's a midnight toker. He's a New Jerseyan. He almost took me to Freehold. I think we ran out of time. He's a good man and thorough. I love that guy. He's so smart. Him and Dr. Ben. They're both really smart. Yeah, Dr. Ben's a nice guy. I think it's useful to think about, uh, and I say reverse engineering, which is not obviously not precisely the word for it, but like, I, I, I think, you know, there's a, this is a little bit getting things done-esque. I, I'm very interested in that idea when we think about how we work of like there's different angles, viewpoints, some different P's OV for how we look at what we do, right? Where you can end up, like if you're doing something like a mental sweep, you're doing something like a weekly review, you find yourself looking through both ends of the telescope as you do, or for that matter, the, uh, the microscope as you do what you do what you do, what you do. And uh, that's why I think it's useful to say like, oh, here's some stuff I know I need to do every month. Like I need to check, I need to clean the filter on my, you know, air cleaner. Um, I want to change the, the, the little, uh, the little, uh, the blue turlet thing that I put in my turlet to make the water blue. They say, they say you can do that for months, but they're lying. Um, I think it's interesting because that ensures that they're, that you're using your outboard brain to store stuff you should, you oughtn't need to think about, but it also encourages you to flip the telescope around title and say, okay, well, if I, what are the other kinds of things I'd like to be doing monthly? That's a very generative type of thinking. So that's my adjunct to the resolution talk is, uh, and there's really nothing actionable for any of you here. But just think about, like, uh, are there kinds of things where, where you'd like to be doing it on a regular basis and making sure that you, uh, as I like to say, uh, make contracts with, with your future self? That's, that's, no, that's task thing number one. Kind of do task thing number two? No, I would love that. That would be amazing. This is totally uh, serendipity, uh, which is always nice. But, like, today I was, doesn't matter what, I was, I like everything to be on the calendar that needs to be on the calendar. On the one hand, I'm a real prig about like what I will put on the calendar, but like if there's anything I might need to know about that's happening in the world, it may not go on my primary calendar, but like, for example, my kid has an abbreviated day at school today. Mm-hmm. And so I just like to know that if, if my lady is, she did a 10 mile hike on Sunday, which is really crazy because she just had knee surgery a few months ago. Good for her. But she, you know, if she's going to be on a 10 mile hike, I'd like to roughly know when she'll be gone and roughly where she'll be just because I'm weird like that. I don't trust California title. And uh, I don't. It's not to be trusted. Uh, I like it on the calendar. So today I added a little thing um, 
using Fantastical with its wonderful natural language stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a feature I've seen before that I've known before, I, I, but I still I f- occasionally forget about. And I just wanted to share with people because this is a great Fantastical feature. I've seen it in other places, but it's in Fantastical, so that's where I'm going to uh, promote it. I, for example, okay, you think about a calendar event or a reminder event. There is like one and only one kind of alarm or reminder, not reminder is a term of art, alarm, you know, uh, uh, what we say, alert, notification, right? There's one and only one that's existed for a long time, which is how many minutes or hours before this happens do you want to be notified about it? The improvement upon that theoretically was you can have multiples. So you can be reminded two days before and one day before. Right, and then oh, you get then you get into the subtlety of like, is there a certain time of day that you'd like to be reminded about things happening tomorrow? This is all great and very useful, but I've craved something much more sophisticated that doesn't seem that much harder. So I want, I've always wanted more than just time an alarm before and up to the time of the event. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Like yes. oh, Dan and Merlin record. At uh, what is it, eleven a.m. Um, Tuesdays, right? You, that's our usual order of business. Yes. And so I get a reminder: Hey, time to go record with Dan. Even though you know I tend to remember that because that's my Tuesday. You're my Tuesday, Dan. <laughs> and <laughs> but um, but there's one thing that Fantastical does. It's so cool. Did you know that in Fantastical you can go in and say, so like I went in and created this event. I'm going to say blah, 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 thing, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Now, now under alerts, the default that I have selected is one hour before. That's pretty good. Um, but you can have a custom, dot, 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 custom ellipsis, and you have a bunch more options. First of all, do you want a message? Do you want a message with sound? Do you want an email, et cetera? Um, and then you've got units and time. So right now my unit is, hmm, my unit is one, and hour before. Did you know you can also do after as an alert? Oh, no. What would you do that for? To remind you to do, to do something when you were done? Well, of? like today, like today, here's an, I have, in a second, I'm going to, I'm going to piss and moan about how this should, there, this should be even more flexible everywhere. But I want to just continue with this praise of Fantastica, which I think is a terrific, was it Flexibits is the company? Great, great company. Um, great products. Um, but for example, today, well, when, what is the anomalous part of that? School started at the time that school starts for now. Um, but like, what is anomalous about that short day? Well, what's anomalous is that it ends earlier than usual, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, so like she gets out earlier than usual today. Well, the anomalous part of that is, is not, I don't want to be reminded about that before, because first of all, it's already started. I want an alert at the time of the event ending. Do you follow? Yes. So just that, that let's say arbitrarily, she gets out of school at 2.45. Like, I want an alert at 2.45 to remind me that Emma had a shorter school day today. Isn't that kind of cool? I think it's pretty great. Now, now, well, I mean, do you see the value right, of this? Okay, let me give you another one. No, I Here's what I see that. You do that. I have one that I've craved since about the year 2007 or eight which is this, give me the ability to get an alert or notification or whatever. How about this? What about, instead of just like 
Um, so basically, there, there's an awareness or an ability to get alarms for the beginning, and now we see here the end of an event, which is cool. But what if I could get an alert? Right now, I can easily get an alert before the start of something. What if I can get an alert before the end of something? Mm. Well, first of all, you're gonna have to, your language about this is going to have to get a lot more subtle, right? Because right now, you can just say one hour before one hour before what? Well, the implication, because of the implication, it's one hour before the beginning of this event. But what if we split this off into this, you know, one of those Steve Jobs tables, the two by two, and you get, uh, I can get alerts at a time before the beginning. I can get uh, alerts at a time after the beginning of the event. Fantastical allows alerts after the end of the event but you know what? I, what I've always really super wanted is alerts before the end of the event. Because what about play dates, as we used to call them? Mm-hmm. What about things that involve a pickup? You certainly, I mean, more so than me, you've got stuff where you got to deal with your kids and like pick them up from somewhere. A play date's a silly, <laughs> silly turn of phrase for a fourteen-year-old kid. But if you're supposed to pick somebody up, pick them up, pick up your kids at the mall or something, right? If you pick them up at 4.30 p.m. Central Time, wouldn't it be nice to be able to say, I've blocked this time on my calendar for the correct... I don't have to trick my calendar. Remember when it used to be if you wanted to have travel time, you had to hack it into... (laughs) There was no such concept as travel time on a calendar, and so you'd have to put in fake times for when something started. If you you made an event six months in the future, create an event six months in the future, and like, okay, at what period in your life faking travel time did you start doing that? Is this the actual time of the event, right? So... I just think that's a really cool, clean approach would be to say like, hey, one hour before the end of this event, give me an alert. And that'll be my, serve as my alert to go pick the kid up in the mall. I want to say kudos to Flexibits and Fantastical because I think that product has been really good for iOS and Mac users. And I think it's been a very stimulating idea to get people into the sense of like, what can we do with natural language to make this a, a, an easier thing? Do our listeners know what that means? Dan, they know what that means, right? I, I think they do. They should. I hope so. It parses normal things that you type right. without so you, you having so to like instead fill of having in to, fields. To, to like it, check it has boxes. a sense of what things mean. Yeah, so you can type in something like... Call, call Dan. Yeah, call Merlin at 1 p.m. Yeah. on Friday. And it'll, it'll know or what meet, means. meet Merlin for coffee uh, Friday at 1 p, uh, Friday 1 p.m. at J Random Coffee Place. Right. And it'll try to find that, you know, on a map app and like include it. And it does all that for you. And it's really cool. And, and that, then that also, the power of that also, and this is not flawless, but that also allows it then to integrate with other apps. For example, I can create um, reminders now uh, right in LaunchBar because it's almost not quite as crazy as Quicksilver used to be. That was insane. All the at symbols and the colons, and they all meant different things. But I can say there's a way of putting an at symbol in, and it knows to parse things after the at symbol as a date and time. So I can do that right from launch bar. And in the case of Fantastical, it's neat, though, because you can watch it sort of fill in as you do it. Um, I can also do that in drafts and then create a custom action or you know one of uh, Greg's existing great actions to say, like, I type... Because, you know, I... I don't talk about this much because it's really weird, but I type almost everything I type in drafts before I type it somewhere else. So like if I'm going to type a thing that I know will turn into three texts, I will type that in drafts first. And 
make sure it's correct. And I, that way I don't get typos and I don't, uh, I get fewer typos. I get, you know, less, you know, uh, fat thumb kind of stuff. Um, but then that also means drafts is where text starts. They can just have that. Um, so you go in and type whatever you want, like you would type anywhere else. And then the actions are what hooks it up uh, through the various APIs and URL schemes and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, I just think that's really neat. So, so kudos to Fantastical. And apparently I now have an event called Thing, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., which is handy. Now, that's what we call an anti-pattern. Now, I, I have an important question Please. for you and or for mm. our listeners to help me with. And uh, I have been uh, using, as you know, I've been using the just regular standard Google Calendar for a long time. I was in the G Suite. I got off G Suite and moved over to just a regular, so oh, just a regular a thing. Gmail account. Was it? Yeah, it was that was a, a whole thing with your voice things, right? It was a whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. But I, I've been enjoying just a regular standard Gmail account and Google Calendar, stuff like that. Then app. I also, I've, there's a project that I've been working on where they have G Suite set up. And so I actually have a calendar there that they're booking, you know, we book our events and stuff like that. So I essentially have two calendars. One is with one account and one is with another, but they're both Google Calendar accounts. Cool. Okay. The problem is now when they're trying So that's like, for example, that's your, like in my case, I have a calendar. There's like, we talked about this before, how there's like something we talked about this while we were talking about this with your, with your dealing with voice stuff. But the primary Google calendar has special abilities that other, other calendars, even of your own do not have, let alone calendars of other people. But there's like special things about it. So you've got your Dan Benjamin Google calendar, and then you're using also on another account, you're using a different I have another uh, account that's part of their, okay. you know, so it's, so it. the, the, this is simplify it down. I have two different Gmail accounts and I have multiple okay. calendars okay. on sense. each account. Okay. And when someone is trying to schedule with me, they are only able to see the account that they can see. They can't see my oh, five other calendars. you got a firewall. So what I right. want. you got a firewall. You have to allow that into your little world. Yeah, so what, what I want, though, gatekeeper. is when they when they are typing into their Fantastical or Google or whatever, and it looks to see if I'm available, uh -huh. is there a way that I, a, a third-party system of some kind that can <laughs> take all of my calendars into account and return <laughs> you know, we need available or not available? Existential escrow. <laughs> And so someone just came out with something that seems like it it works like this. And my uh -huh. friend, friend of the show, Garrett Diamond, uh, messaged me about this the other day. And I'm, I'm loading up uh, Slack so that I can pull the thing that he told me about what the name of this thing is. Because it's an interesting kind of a name. If I can find it, I'll find it while we talk. But apparently there is this is the only solution that I've ever seen that does something like this. Uh, but basically if you were trying to book with me, I would very much want this service or some service to say, I've looked at all 50 of Dan's calendars and here are the available times that he has. These other times are blocked off without having to have every single person in that company subscribe to all of my calendars and manually share them with them so that they can now have mm -hmm. on their calendar 50 of my events happening all week long, including, you know, I got to 
I get a row at this time. They don't need to see any of that. Oh yeah, I can hide the private events and make just show is busy. Great. But now they've got all of my events on their calendar just so that they can see if I'm busy at 2 p.m. on in Wednesday. Terms, wait, not in terms of what it is called, where it is, et cetera, but in terms of like you see a zero or a one for availability. That's it. I, because what's okay. really nice is um, mm-hmm. Google Calendar can check availability of other people within a certain organization or within their shared calendars. But they don't seem to be able to look more deeply. And I'm looking for the name of this this thing that's supposed to do that. But I mean, this seems like a really straightforward thing because what the service would do is it would it would essentially subscribe to all of the calendars you wanted it to subscribe to. If you chose, you could say, um, so from this ar- array, whatever the word would be, from all these different accounts, all these different calendars, it's okay to see whether or not I am available uh, at a given time. And even you could even say f- maybe for like a trusted person, I don't know if this does that, but you could say like, it's okay for you to see basically how my day is chalked up. It's just, it doesn't say what the event is. And like what if, you're, I if think... you're getting like butt therapy or something that they don't <laughs> need to know that they just need to know that you're not available then. And what I think the way that I think this system approaches it, uh, the way I think they uh, or attempt to approach it is they have a, Essentially, what they do is they subscribe to all of the calendars that you want them to subscribe to. And then Mm -hmm. they essentially copy over all of those events to a new calendar that is the which just shows you as busy. And then you can have people subscribe to that calendar. Anytime you make a change to another calendar, it updates that third calendar for Mm -hmm. to reflect it. But this is a problem because, like, you have multiple. You're the one that it's taught a, me to have multiple calendars. It's a big calendars. problem. What you're describing, I think, works okay. Most well, you know what? Never mind. I, I would be problematizing the shit out of this because there's 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 way more ways that won't and cannot work than it can work. But I I do see I see what you're saying. If you did if you did have butt surgery or, you, or sorry butt therapy, mm. you're not that far along yet. Right. If you had butt therapy uh, in um, Denton, I'm just making up a name in Texas. If you had, you know, it's sort of the best, best ever uh, death metal band was from Denton. Mm-hmm. Um, like, well, how does it account for travel time back? How does it account for right. all those kinds? Of, it's the reason I say, so the, the way that this could work, what you're describing could work. Mm. And the way I guess it kind of has worked such as it can with exchange for years is, oh, zero or one. Is Big Boss Lady available at 9 a.m. on thus and such date? And it says, nope, yep, she's or she's not available, or she is available. Okay, good. Well, if she's not available at 9, how about 10? And you go, yeah, well, there is currently, now this is just a novelty-sized asterisk, there is currently nothing scheduled at 10 a.m. Well, then you get into that thing people have been doing for 20 years where they put on all kinds of, they put on all kinds of crap and all-day events in order to, like basically play defense with their calendar. But to, for that to be useful, how would you account for things like different spheres of life, who you're with? Like, do you have to, how would you mention in a calendar event that after lunch you have to drop somebody off at their office? Like, even if you knew that days ahead of time, how would you account for that in how things get blocked or not? 
That's you know a great, saying? yeah, that's a great question. Because it would work if you're in the same, well, the thing is, the way, all the ways that this could work would not be useful. So like the ways this can work is like, what if somebody's in the next cube and you're there for the same hours every day? Well, pff, I mean, do you really need it in that case? For this to be useful, the zero and one must be returned in the absence of intervention from that person or their assistant. And that's where you then get into like, well, now should your calendar turn into a part-time job where you maintain all those things and in some ways we get back to the one of the original things David Allen said that I think is really smart which is like you can automate stuff in your life as far as you can trust that automation but at any point like are are you really okay to before gmail spam filtering got better like you would really you probably still want to check your spam folder sometimes cuz it's trying real hard but stuff still gets lost in spam yeah you you can't a thousand percent trust that if you care enough about that if you don't if you don't care about that email you never need to worry if you do care about that email you're going to want to check your spam filter or spam folder um you know what i'm saying like i i think that's an interesting idea but i'm not in the current world and the current technology but you're talking mostly here about professional stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, like meeting stuff, call stuff, that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you ever find yeah, the name of it, what it's called? No, I'm st- – hold on. I'll just ask him. Garrett. Garrett. All right. We'll just give him a minute to reply. Yeah, do that. Um, I think stuff like that is is is, is super interesting, but it's, um, it's also – it's just – I don't know. It just um, – um, all of the easy problems were solved a long time ago. You know, we, we could very well ask ourselves, gosh, why, why are all problems so hard? And it's like, well, the, the, the unsatisfying answer is that if it's an easy problem, it is solved and has been solved for a while. Well, then why are these problems so hard? Well, the, there's a reason hard problems are hard. <laughs> yeah. And like one of those things is that like in order to get to and again this is I'll tell you what's interesting in in my experience is that in the days before stuff like doodle or uh what's the one we used to joke about um yeah, doodle. Yeah. But like in the days before that when I used to have to schedule meetings when I was a project manager and had to schedule people in different time zones, maybe even different continents. Oh my gosh, it was so difficult to do. Because it was kind of like shooting a bullet with a bullet where you had a sort of time where your bullet would be when the other bullet was someplace. And now imagine that with six bullets all having to turn into some kind of like bullet Voltron, which sounds like a terrible Italian band. Um, but, you know, that was very difficult. But Doodle's approach to that is was, it's gotten a little fussy in the years hence. But Doodle's basic innovation was that it wasn't an innovation. Doodle's innovation was that like, hey, look, every single one of you goddamn people used here to great effect by things like The Incomparable. When Jason sends out a thing and says, hey, we want to talk about this Miyazaki movie, here's a whole bunch of periods of time on given days, like Friday, 5 to 7, Friday, 6 to 8, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just click the ones you definitely can do, click the ones you definitely cannot do, and then click the ones that you could do if necessary. And it works so well because it's not trying to automate everything. Now, you can do stuff. This is very handy. If you choose, you can go OAuth your way in. And I'm standing in the OAuth face. You can, you can go, uh, you can go uh, bring in your calendar. So then you could go in and do that. But like, the point is, like, for this to be useful, you have to exert a little bit of effort to say, Oh, you know, I, I like in my case, I like that it's the manual labor of like, oh, I can I can tell you right now, no matter who it is, no matter what it is, like 
let's say Sunday night at nine o'clock is a, not a good time for me to do almost anything except get ready for bed. Like I can eyeball that. And there's other kinds of things, and this is where you get into Merlin's twisted world of why the zeros and ones won't return anything useful, is like, oh man, depends, 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 depends. Because I'm that guy. I look at my calendar from yesterday, I look at my calendar from today, I look at my calendar for tomorrow, and then I look at all the different, like, I, yes, I am problematizing this, I am making this, making this complicated, because if I don't make this complicated, I will step on my own dick every day. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've got to go, do I need to be up? early tomorrow for drop-off, is there something that's unusual about tomorrow? Is tomorrow an edge case as days go? Oh, that's right. Guess what? My kid gets off school at one and she has a dental appointment, right? Like, oh boy, that's a whole jam-packed bunch of information to know. If that just gets returned as zero and one, I'm likely to really screw that up. But it's just so interesting to me the way we got that fixed with Doodle. Um, do, I think it's doodle.ch, probably doodle.com at this point. But anyway, those ideas of like, like, let's just, let's keep this real simple, keep it real fast, you know, and, and, and a tip, a life hack right here, just from your old pal Merlin is, um, when you're trying to set a, uh, set a, an event with somebody, a meeting, right? A call, a couple tips. One tip is if you, well, number two, once you have penciled it in, penciled it in uh, like I say, I like to add it as if it hasn't been confirmed, if it's in pencil, Spanish language, question mark at the beginning of the event. So instead of call colon Dan and Merlin, the blah, 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 blah it's handy mm-hmm. to have call colon Dan and Merlin question mark. But you know what's even more useful is that Spanish language inverted question mark at the beginning. Why? You could scan every event on your calendar and see anything either in there that either needs to be finalized or needs to be deleted. It's it's a it's a it's a wonderful trick to be able to like scan through and, and do that kind of stuff. But like if you're practicing good hygiene with this stuff, there is a lot of like I don't know, just kind of boring human effort involved in keeping it wired right. Uh, did you find the name? Yes. What what what, what is it called? It is called Calm Calendar. It is calmcalendar.com. Oh. Oh, cool. And the way that it works is it, uh, just reading, reading the description of Calm Calendar, uh, it says, let me get back to the main page here. Here it is. It says, Calm Calendar synchronizes your events between calendars while excluding mm-hmm. private details. Let your colleagues know that you're busy without revealing why. The result, Mm. fewer meeting conflicts and better separation between work and life. So basically, you add an event to your calendar, any calendar, your personal calendar or otherwise. It then synchronizes it over to your work calendar or your third calendar that you want to share with other people. So the way that I'm going to experiment with this is I'm going to have my personal calendar sync over to this third calendar. And then I'm also going to have my work calendar sync over to the third calendar and then they can subscribe to that and check for my availability. And we'll see if this even works. See if it even works. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. perfect, though, is it? Well, no, but but there are instances where this kind of thing is incredibly useful. I yeah. mean, another, well, like, for example, let's say, well, again, assuming that it was a normal time, if you were somebody who was renting a chair at a barbershop or a beauty salon and you were kind of like, you just moved from a new area, you're coming there and like, you've got a handful of old customers, but you want to get new customers. And there's been services for years where you can go in and say, Hey, come in and like make an appointment. Like, do you need to be writing that in a book? God, I hope not. 
like hire that out. So basically, you go in and you identify some parameters, kind of like Doodle, where you would go in and say, well, for these kinds of, let's say I offer these three levels of service for the sake of argument. There's the kinds of things that rarely take more than an hour. You know what I mean? Like there's the kinds of things, whatever your, 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 your thing is in a service industry, like you can come in and get this, this tier of service is a one hour appointment or a 50 minute appointment. Like if you're a shrink, whatever. Now you don't have to be involved with that. All you need to know is that somebody with money is coming in for you to, to, you know, deal with that. So I think that is where things like Open Table became such a big deal is, you know, even before we got into the age of the delivery things and all that, but like and before Open Table became, with all due respect, not my favorite company, um, they real they came in and said, Hey, look, we're gonna give you everything you need, the 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 technology, as in the hardware, the software, the training, the expertise, and we'll manage it all for you. And then for that, we will just take a cut. Now Say what you will about Open Table, and I will. But that's a great service for somebody to be able to not have to be. I mean, do you remember like back in the day with my mom or me? Like, you there was an actual physical book sure. where you have to write down what time somebody's appointment or reservation was. Yes. Like, imagine Bonvoy or Marriott like trying to manage that with thousands of different like spiral bound books. That's nuts. Um, so I think for certain kinds of things that could be really useful. And I've done that. I used to have a thing, um, th- ugh, gosh, the world's changed so much. My life has changed so much, but there was a time where I tried to set aside time every Thursday for something like office hours, which is like, Hey, if you want to have a phone call or just to catch up or get acquainted or whatever, like, you know, just, you know, name a time. Oh, here's the tip. The tip is this. Uh, yeah, that's number two. Kind of cool. The upside down uh, quotation or uh, question mark because that makes it easy to scan, see what's settled, what's not. The other thing, and this is this sounds so obvious, but you would not believe how many people still struggle with this in my in my experience and opinion. Um, well, let's say you like, for example, I, I have a I have a new friend that I, that I've made in, in the last little while, mm-hmm. and this person seems really cool. And it's, it's, it's a friend of mine's, uh, you know, uh, partner. And the person seems really cool. So I said, hey, you seem cool. Like, why don't we have a get a coin a call? I'm offering that up. And I'm saying, hey, Thursday the 6th, any chance you're around Thursday the 6th at, say, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time? Um, well, what, what, well, gosh, that seems very ego assertive. Well, if you want to do it. If you do want to do it, let the person know you want to do it. And what better way to show you want to do it than by doing that very ego-assertive thing of proposing a specific time? Because I think there's an impulse in us, the collegial, the admittedly positive collegial influence in a lot of us that says, you're supposed to do the dance. And you're supposed to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, which will very, this will very quickly, it's like goddamn tribbles. This will fill up your entire life if you go, one time, one time, one time for you, one time for you. Like doing that with like three people is mental. You know, you ready for the Gordian knot cutting? How about this? Hey, you guys available Thursday at 10 a.m.? Um, yeah, I am. I'll send an invite. You know the other answer to that? No, I'm not. Okay. Is there another time on Thursday around 10 that works for you? It's not ego assertive to propose that. It's grown up. And it's a way of saying, like, if I, if I want to, like, I could, like, gaslight you on this and do that thing where I tap on my torso and act like I'm looking for my wallet, but I'm really not. Right. Oh, I sure. don't know. What time do you want to do it? Oh, I'll just keep talking until this dies. Um, it's not ego sort of to do that. It's, uh, it shows that you're enthusiastic and 
mm, assertive is the wrong word, but you're action-oriented, as Dan says. Right. Isn't that a good tip? Propose a specific time. I do like that. Yeah. Um, this is actually probably going to be perfect, given that I, uh, I need to hear one more thing you like, mm-hmm. but uh, just the, the teaser here is uh, I want to talk about task paper, and I want to, this week, get very quickly through the part where I'm not prepared very well, which is what task paper is and why you might want to use it. And what I'd love to talk about next week is the super why. Oh, that was a good show. My kid used to love that show. Remember Wyatt, Super Y? Remember him and his, and his team on I PBS? I do remember that vaguely. Super Y. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he, it was about books. He was a little book boy. Book, book, book boy. Uh, but the idea being, then hopefully, it is hoped, rather, next week, perhaps, I could say, hey, and like, yeah, so maybe, I don't know if I've sold you on test paper, or like, if you need to be sold on test paper, but here's why I use it, who I think it's good for. Mm-hmm. And then next week is where I would get to the good stuff mm. of talking about... The like, I've got some stuff that I've been storing up for like a year that I've been waiting to share. Uh, that started out as task paper things, but then became life things. Mm. And I think it would be really useful to share. But I, I need to get through all the like reading of the jury instructions this week by talking about what task paper is. I can be fairly brief about that, I hope. But that, if, if you'll allow it, I'd love to hear about something you like. And, and if you allow, can I talk a little bit about Task Paper? I would love to hear a little bit more about Task Paper, yes. But first. But, but first. first, we must hey, thank... Before you do this, can I, can I tell you what I want to run? Can I, can, I, can I give you a four-digit number and then you ask me about it in a few minutes? Yeah, sure, sure. 4,641. Dan, tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you about Squarespace. Squarespace. 4,641 days I've been using Squarespace. What? Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I, when checked, I, I, I checked I, I, I put checked it into yesterday. Google, and the first result was, years. was a Michigan legislature House Bill 4641-2021. Yes. And okay. um, this House Bill, hold on, it's loading up. Um, this is by Steve Marino, the sponsor of this bill. Oh, it's, hey, Steve. Thanks for listening. Economic Development Neighborhood <gasps> Enterprise Zones. Ooh, I love those. And let's see if I can, um, the House introduced this bill. Let's look at the PDF. That's different for 5150, right? A bill to amend 1992 PA 147 entitled Neighborhood Enterprise Zone Act right. by amending Section okay. 11 MCL. That's long, that's long overdue, Dan. It really, it's long overdue. Uh, yeah. The people of the state of Michigan enact... Upon receipt of a request by certified mail to the qualified assessing authority by the holder of a neighborhood enterprise zone certificate requesting revocation Mm. of the certificate. rock hard right now. The qualified assessing authority by Mm. order shall revoke the certificate. So. Okay. 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 And that, that would, that would, uh, that would obviate the, the OU812 act. Now what I did when I was on that page is I hit the escape key. Can you tell me what the escape key would do? uh, Hit the escape key. If you hit the escape key when you're on a website. Yeah. Um, this I can't promise you this is true, but this is an innovation by the Squarespace company. Who, who, who's, whose products I've been using for 4,641 days Amazing. as of uh, today. Um, if you hit escape, so like let's say you go to your site and you're like, oh, I want to go add a thing. I want to add a bullet. If you hit escape, uh, it, 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 how do you describe it? It's like VI, <laughs> but for editing your website. Now, I don't know if hitting I does anything, but if you hit escape, what it does is you get a login. Like a secure login. And when you securely log in, you're now looking at your site. And that also becomes a way to quickly toggle 
between, um, if memory serves, I mean, I, I use a more sophisticated way now, but time was, that was the way you hit the escape key. That's how you'd log in. And then I think escape key was also how you could then go to like preview mode. Although they have, like I say, more sophisticated ways. But how cool is that? I hit it sometimes just because I'm like, I wonder if this is a Squarespace site. And ironically enough, I mean, I'm wrong more often than I'm right because it's really become quite difficult to tell if something's a Squarespace site. Because you start out with a beautifully impossible. designed template. Do you know what I'm saying? Dra- easy drag and drop tools. Are you aware of this, Dan? I am. Tell me more. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. So let's see all kinds of stuff. Oh, gosh. Let me see if I can do this off the dome. Um, it's, it's the all-in-one all uh, place uh, to, to build a website. Uh-huh. Uh, if you will it, it is no dreams. The Theodore Herzl. And they have award-winning 24 uh, by 7 support. You get free and unlimited hosting. Uh, you get uh, everything you need to succeed. Uh, you know, stuff like uh, you can do email newsletters, uh, SEO, all of that. Um, what I like about it is for 12 years, they've made me not have to think about that. My stuff. Dan, we used to do this for nominally a living. You still kind of do it for a living. Mm-hmm. I do not at all miss being in the webmaster business. Now, once I learn the CGI bin stuff in the Learning Pearl book, I'm going to be, it's going to be, now this is, you understand, this is not the Camel book. This is the Llama book. Mm-hmm. This is like Camel Jr. Yeah. Joe Camel Jr. <laughs> but uh, they call it the Llama book. Now, is that Randall Schwartz? I think it's Randall Schwartz. Yeah, Randall Schwartz, Brian D. Foy, and Tom Phoenix. And it's got a llama on it. I also have my trauma book. I have about five copies I've been giving the people. Um, but I love that Squarespace gets me out of that business. It was April, I believe, of, what was it, 2010 or something like that? 2009? Well, however long it's been. It's been a long time. Um, and that's where I host uh, the Roderick on the Line podcast. It's where my personal stuff is. And it's it's nice to have your own little area where this is a company that's going to look out for you. And in my experience, my opinion make it easy for you to, um, I don't know, to, to as we like to say, uh, make it your own or, or build it beautiful. Build it. Beautiful. Yeah. If, it, if, you, if you build it, it is no dream. Theodore Herzl. So where they want you to go is to Squares... Went to Hawaii with Marty Ackerman. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. It's your show. And when you are there, you will use the promo code it's your show, one word, and you're going to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain because they sell domains. I've got hundreds of TLDs yeah, there. Yeah, they sell unique domain names. You can get one You're not going to get stuck get with one of those place. Brooklyn Bridge type situations where you get a non-unique domain name and then you're screwed. It's true. So yeah. squarespace.com slash it's your show. It's your show is a promo code to you. Support us, support the show, but support yourself and, and stop wasting time. Just, Just get it. to it. You know, today's the first day of the rest of your 4,641 <clears> days. That's right. You Start could, right you with, could uh, be like Merlin and have 4,000 mm. some days of Squarespace usage mm, Diana huh really makes you think and it is it is your show is that right I mean it's yes we'll just keep doing these till everybody gets it do you understand yes. this is not gonna end no. it's not gonna end well no get Squarespace quit screwing around they can just have that thank you Squarespace buck buck all right I'm tired and I'm getting hoarse I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a small horse I'm a pony um I talk a lot about task paper. So what I want to do today is just give you the, the very general sort of outline about what this thing is and why I like it and why I keep mentioning it over and over. Um, is it okay if I do this? Is this too boring? No, I know I think we've it's learned good. not to talk about Markdown, for example. How did you learn to not do that? Oh, I love the bomb. Oh. Stop worrying. Yeah. I was there, Jack, feeding you, feeding you. Now you got to watch that now. No, I can. I cannot. He would watch never. That. He would never go into. Never go into battle with the change in his pocket. It's easy for me to not watch that film again. Yeah, I love that to the movie. Cola but company. It's like once a year for me. 
Okay. Okay. Um, test paper is, um, I didn't prepare for this, so I'm just going to go off the dome. Test paper is a really neat idea. I think of test paper in my head as being actually in many ways very similar to Markdown, but even more wonderfully dumbed down than Markdown. Well, what did Gruber, whatever, 2003, four, whenever Markdown came out, the idea was let's take the sort of 80-20 rule of like, what is the markup we do a lot? Um, markup, right? You got stuff like you got H's, you got UL's, you got OL's, you got all this kind of stuff. What if we make it really easy, a la set text, a la textile? What if we come up with this way to make it easy for you? I think that one of the most laudable and I have to say successful goals of Markdown, and Markdown here obviously is Gruber's, um, it's a format, it's a, it's a script, it's a way of life. The notion with Markdown was so smart, I want to make it I want to have um, something like HTML, a markup language that is both easy to write and easy to read. People sometimes forget that those are both part of Markdown. I love multi-Markdown, but like, or GitHub flavored, like you, you don't want to get too cute with it. You get too cute with it and you might as well just be like Syracuse and just write in HTML in BBEdit at 10 Point Monaco because you're a monster. Um, Right? Like, that was what was neat about Markdown. To this, like, this morning, I've done so much in Markdown. I do so much in Markdown every day. An asterisk and a space is a, uh, is a, is a, U, uh, sorry, a, um, oh God, an LI be- renders as an LI inside of uh, a UL. Right? It's a list item inside of an unordered list. If you do a one and a period, that's going to be an LI inside of an OL, an ordered list. Now, do you have to turn it into HTML? I used to all the time. I had Gruber's thing for turning... God, I always get this backwards. Gruber's.pl was for turning Markdown into HTML, right? And then Aaron Swartz's.py was for turning HTML into Markdown. Right. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, one of the 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 I when I very first met um, Jack Dorsey, um, I I met him at Odeo, but I didn't know him from Odeo. I was very surprised and delighted to find out he worked there. I knew him from a thing called Humane Text. He used to make basically a wrapper for the service where you could. In my case, I had. Option command greater than to turn something into Markdown to HTML. Option command less than to, to do the opposite. Um, Markdown's so handy for that. Well, the way I look at it, this is totally just my opinion, right? This is my framework for this. What is task paper? Think of task paper as Markdown for tasks, except there's even fewer things that you can do, which is great. There's an, a tradition in the asterisk Unix community to have a file somewhere, whether, you know, whatever your flavor is, whether you're Emacs VI, like whatever. But there's a thing going, Danny O'Brien used to talk about this, going way back that every, every geek has a, you know, used to have a, a file called um, todo.txt, right? No matter where you were, you could always type cat space todo.txt and you could see what your to-do list was. Yeah. Um, and some of the conventions that we think of today for uh, illustrating a task list, I think, really originate from the todo.txt idea. And I remember Gina Trapani had a whole thing, I think, called todo.txt that she made at one point. But there's always been this sort of this dream of like, well, you know, it's neat to have a full-on like superstructure, infrastructure, scaffolding system for running your world. And that could be something like Outlook, 
or exchange, right? right? Sure. It could be something like things or OmniFocus or, you know, there's all these different ways. And it could be Emacs. Like you can make a house out of Emacs. It's just, you know, you won't be able to use your hands anymore. But Seth Stallman lives in a, in a house made of Emacs, picking his toes, right? With his toe knife. Did you know that? You, um, it's neat that you can do that. And believe me, I, I have loved a lot of those apps over time. Uh, I've had a, a, a very small role in some of those apps being, being made or improved. And uh, there's been times in my life when I've been so grateful to have the big system for running everything, right? But like, before you decide to go all in on Dev and Think, maybe try to get good at a sheet of paper. Before, <laughs> if you don't need the superstructure of an entire dot, what is it called, dot EL or whatever, if you don't need a giant Emacs file that does all these things, well, maybe you could get by with a, with a, a just a plain text document or again, a sheet of paper. Task paper is uniquely useful to me because of what it cannot do or what it would prefer not to do. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, um, just to make a dumb old man, you know, boomer joke, like, um, of all the screwdrivers I've got, there's not one of them I got because it has Wi-Fi or there's not one that I got because it has special offers and plays ads. Like I could probably find a screwdriver that was really stupid, but what the beauty of a screwdriver is it just sits there and does nothing until you need it. And moreover, there could be the kind of like the probably your metallurgist grandfather had in his little pocket protector, the kind that's got a little clip on it, a screwdriver you could just pull out and use any time, but never gets in your way. Whereas if I did try to make an Emacs house of screwdrivers, <laughs> coming soon to HBO, mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways that you can really screw yourself up by doing too much. I want to avoid things that, in at the very least, dis I want things that discourage me from fiddling, but I also want the minimally viable productivity system in some ways, right? And it's just that where I am in my life or career right now is, like, my calendar does a lot of the heavy lifting for the stuff that needs to happen at certain days and times. And over time, I found myself really attracted to task paper. As, as I say, it's the, kind of like the markdown of tasks in some ways, because there's really, there's basically three kinds of things that can be in a task paper document. There are, there's some sophisticated things you can do, like markdown, for example. Task paper is, it, it is an app, it is a format, it is all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's just plain text, crazy portable. It's, it's, the beauty of text files is so manifest. Like, ugh, it's text files rule because they're so light, it's so syncable. You have so many ways to bring them out into Muhammad. Whatever you want to do, if you can do it with a text file. And again, let's just be clear. Just because it's not, you know, titled uh, to do .txt, you can also have, in this case, to do .task paper. They're both, you know, uh, text files, plain text files. Um, it's just... I'm so attracted to this idea, and I, this is very much born out of the, my difficult period with the book, where I learned way too late that there are symptoms that I'm getting off track. So, like, I learned eventually, well, if you're in a phase in this chapter or this section or whatever where you find yourself drafting actively, well, do you really want to go back to an outline? Do you really want to go back to a, a mind map? Because at that point, I am about one day away from ordering more notebooks and pens to be able to do a better mind map. No, I mean, when we talk about things like distraction-free writing, I mean, 
be careful with that stuff because it can get pretty cute. Like if you're selecting if you want typewriter mode with this font in your distraction-free writer, well, it's no longer distraction-free. But like, what if your way of tracking your task, let's just say, what if you want to, what if you want to know what has to be done before you get to go home today? That's a really good use for task paper. Yeah. So you can have all of your stuff in your big system. And at any point, the same way that I can tear a sheet out of this notebook right here and get a fresh page, you can always just bust out a quick task paper for a handful of things you want to do before lunch. It could run your whole life, but it really, it's very beneficial at helping you run to plan and run the little moments of your day about what needs to get, what needs to change on the planet before you're done for a period of time. And so here's what it is. You ready? Here's task paper. This is task paper in all of its glory and all of its complexity. Here's the basic task paper idea. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound a little bit nerdy in how I describe this, but there are three kinds of things that can be um, in a task paper document. The task paper as a format recognizes um, the most basic thing is a task, right? Technically, there's four, but a task. So let's say okay, you got projects, you got tasks, you got all this stuff. Oh my gosh, oh, I need more functionality. I need more stuff. Okay, well, if you type, if I type the word back to work and a colon, task paper knows that that's a project. How does it know? Because it's on its own line. It ends with a colon with no space after it, right? That's a project. Now, you don't even have to use projects. You, what you really want to be working on is tasks. And what is a task? A task is a dash, a space, and some text. Now, this is, this is not Python. Don't worry. There's not a lot to learn. But if you've got one of those tasks, mm -hmm. a task being something that starts with a dash, yeah. if you've got that, you can, like, you can have tabs or spaces, however you roll, put that under the project, and now that task is associated with that project. So a project ends with a colon. A task starts with a dash. Um, inside that line with the dash, the task, you can also have what you could call tags or contexts. And this is where a lot of the power weirdly comes in that I'll get to next week. But if I type at house, then that's going to know that this is a thing that can be done at the house. Guess what? These are totally optional. Totally optional. If you did nothing... But you don't even you may you may be using quote unquote task paper right now and just not know it. Have you ever gone into notes? Have you ever gone into a text file and just typed either, let's say, depending there's different formats for this, but like let's say dash space something, and that's a task. Right? If you type, uh, I mean like notes will sometimes pick up, hey, it, clippy style, it looks like you're about to do a task list. What I'm trying to tell you is that's pretty much it. Now, if you hit option space on a task, you get a plain line under that and you tab it. That's a note. So you can drop in a URL there. So like a line that has nothing is technically a note. Now, that's the main thing I want to get across. That's uh, well, the entirety ask, let me ask you this. of the complexity. You can, you can mix the notes in with things on the... So you could start typing out a note to yourself and then carriage return a couple times, then do a dash, and now you have items associated with that that are to-do lists that yes. you can then undo and you can mix and match The, the part it. that I'm not saying that I have to say just quickly in passing is that what's neat is because this is an, a, uh, a mark, markup style and it's a, what would you call it? A protocol, a script or whatever. Again, all on markdown. What you can choose to do varies depend on what, depending on what you're doing it in. But in my case, if you open this up in text edit, you can do everything you'd ever want to do with task paper inside of text edit, 
inside of VI, uh, inside of a web browser, if it allows. Do you follow? Yes. Like the, the, the part that's interesting and functional that we'll get to next time is depending on which apps you use, like will this syntax be understood? Well, generally speaking, it doesn't matter if the syntax is understood. Like if you type at done, like you may not notice it there. Later when you open that in task paper, it'll be crossed out. Like, and then there's like, for, I don't want to get into this yet, but you'll do stuff like say, archive all of these. So everything that's a done item, move down into my archive. But at the heart of it, the thing, here's what you need to know. It's like a piece of paper. What you can always fall back to task paper, you can always fall back to, even if this is, if I'm on the most wackadoo terminal program somewhere, I can do everything I need to do to keep this list alive to mark off things that are done to do. Like, it may not be very pretty, it may not be very sexy, but once you go back or look at it somewhere else that is pretty and sexy, guess what? It's exactly the same as it was on that terminal. Nothing is lost. There is no bit rot here. You're not going to have a thing where your entourage, two gigabyte entourage database takes a dirt nap one day and you just don't have email anymore. It's the most, well, you know, again, ask Syracuse because he's got words about this, but it's probably the most durable format in the last 50 years of computing is the text file, correct? Kind of? Yes. Yeah, so there's that. So Sorry, go ahead. No, wait, I, I I, my that. other question was, I mean, for me, being able to um, being able to synchronize these things across different applications is really important. But because this is a text file, it's just a regular text file, in theory, shouldn't I be able to not just edit it on the Mac, but access it on another device, an iPad? Oh, 1,000%, okay. which is why I think, I mean, there's a generation-ish of people who unintentionally got pretty good at VI. Right. Um, because it was installed on everything. And yeah. when you got an account anywhere, you would eventually have to use VI, mm -hmm. even more than Pine or oh, whatever. Yeah. Like you yeah. had to use VI to VI do a thing. VI was there, Pine, maybe you could install it. Well, you, you know, you got to go update your finger, yeah. your finger file. <laughs> you could install Pine locally as just a user, but it, you know, that's not what you want. But like you can do stuff to keep this portability or like if you want to get extra fly about this, you could, again, have your profile, your bash profile or whatever, be in different places where you work a lot. And again, this is a benefit of VI and Emacs, in my understanding, is that like your, whatever your profile, your .els or whatever you're pulling around with you, it's extremely portable. It doesn't matter if you're on Sigwin. It doesn't, member, remember, doesn't matter if you're on FreeBSD. Like any of those, if you can open a text file and it understands, is my understanding anyway, you tell me, if, the, if it can understand what a text file is and how it should be encoded, that's it. That's the entire thing. Like that's, this file will be as foxy as whatever app you're using it in, but it will not change the fact that you're not going to screw up a text file. And the delimiter, the natural delimiter to this is, hey, you know what, dude? This is so Merlin, man. Your job here is not to play with this. Your job is to go do the work. And what task paper enables, and again, let's just get a little bit ahead of ourselves here. So yeah, you can do this in any of those platforms, any of those apps. You could do this all in drafts. And if you do this all drafts, I mean, there's whole like action sets that people have made, people like Rosemary Orchard, people like uh, Karush... Um, What's his head? The productivity guy. But like, uh, there's so many good sets of actions and things, uh, not things in that sense, but you could do it on drafts. You could do it on whatever. You could do it on, again, mine are on Dropbox for my own weird reasons. But the, the point is that you're not going to, you, it's difficult to screw up that file and it's so portable 
that the stakes feel very friendly. And so my attraction to this is not that it can do everything. My attraction to task paper is that it wants you to do almost nothing. That's pretty cool. And, and there are benefits to all of those things. So that's what I, let me just let, toss that out. Just y'all check it out. You could go, just go Google task paper, check it out. I'm not going to go nuts on notes. Um, I mean, if you've got drafts, you can play with it in drafts. If you've got, you know, whatever, um, I would say maybe the, 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 we'll get into this next time. But one reason I'm hooked on the Dropbox lifestyle still with this and why I still, Merlin, why do you have editorial installed on your iPhone still? Well, I use and need to use task paper most where? On my Mac. There are other things that I need to use mostly on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so I get best, I get more, I'm most attracted to best, best in class iOS apps if it's something I do on iOS. If it's something I do like 90% of the time on my Mac, well, guess what? It's text. Who cares? I use the task paper app from Hogbay Software by Jesse Christine, who's the dude behind this. Um, and it's important to me to be able to get to that on my Mac because that's where I use it. The best screwdriver in the world is of no use to you if it's in another state, like this needs to be like where I do the work and I'll get into that more if you want next week, but that's the beauty of this. Um, and, and again, like there are conventions, uh, I don't even know what they're all called, but for example, drafts, there's that one kind of, I don't know, forgive me, Greg, I forget what this is called, but there's the convention where it's like dash spaced space brackets where you can put an X in, you know, do you know what that's called? It's kind of like task paper. You know, there's a one format, for basic to do that txt i think this is more of gina's i uh, how gina implemented this mm-hmm. but like you can make what looks like a checkbox out of an opening and closing bracket and then put like an x in it i used to also use that to show progress on things like the uh, the task in inside the brackets we get a number between like one and five for how far along it is so you could do sorting and stuff like that but um now i know from here there are ways you can screw yourself up there are ways that you can make this fussy um, the big spoiler, there's some incredibly powerful stuff in the Task Paper Mac app, including a very cool, in the app, right? This is not native to the Task Paper format, to the app Task Paper. Save searches, like the ability to say, show me everything I could do at home that is incomplete, that is started, etc. You could basically make this a little bit like OmniFocus in some ways, but you don't need to. And you oughtn't until you do need to. Mm-hmm. Because remember, just think about the paper. You know the task part. Now learn the paper part. If you treated this like a piece of paper, very portable paper, could that make your life better? Another one of these. I have one of these that's a template. I call it a template. That's probably a fancier term. I've got one for traveling. It's got probably 300 items on it. And basically, I can copy and paste, save as, open that up, delete everything that's not seasonally or you know, appropriate or whatever, and I, I update that task paper file. Where can I update it from? <laughs> Sound like Sir Ian. I can update it from anywhere. It's just a text file. So that's what I want to talk about. Go check it out. I mean, the homework for this week is, you know, oh gosh, if you're interested, if, you, if there was a time in life where you thought Merlin Man had interesting things to say about managing how we work and planning our work, uh, I want to make it real, del- I want to delightfully dumb this down for you by saying, I have a solution for you to look at that even if you don't become a task paper non-power user, mm-hmm. I want you to learn what you can from task paper. It wasn't until I used Markdown that I realized, we've talked about this, Dan, with trying to learn Photoshop, or for that matter, trying to learn 
uh, a Bash or Emacs or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's so difficult to know, is there something beyond Pareto? Is there like a 95.5? Like, I'm going to use Gaussian blur a lot more than uh, posterize. How would I know that? They look equally important in any right, photo editor. Like, don't you think? Like, if you didn't know what you were doing and didn't know what any of it meant, Gaussian blur and posterize look equally important. Well, the only time you're going to need posterize is if it's 1992. You don't need posterize. You are going to do some Gaussian blur. You are going to do some unsharp mask. But you wouldn't know that until you know enough to know. But you can really screw yourself up if you try to learn all of that stuff like it's equally important. And the truth is, when it comes to stuff like like the, the way that we have to manage our tasks, like wouldn't it be neat to have sort of a built-in governor, like on a U-Haul truck, like where you can't go over 60? What if your governor was like, hey, buddy, you're going to have to work really hard to fiddle with this. This is uniquely able to provide the muscularity you need to, to run your life the way you want, but it's not going to let you make a seven-sided lighthouse made of dreams. That's not going to happen <laughs> unless you really set yourself to it. So, yeah, go check out Test Paper. Go look around. Look at it up in the place of choice. Uh, just, you know, use the Google website. Go find this. And next week, what I'd like to talk about is some stuff where I've – why I've stuck with this in part is because – I found ways to really make it work for me in different places, but I also want to start getting at like the way I name my tags and context has had an impact outside of test paper. That's been crazy useful. Um, basically by having words that begin with unique alphabetical letters certainly makes, here's a, here's a spoiler, makes it really easy to auto select from a list. But then that also becomes a letter that always means something. O always means office. H always means house. E always means errands. W always means waiting on. I always means iOS. Uh, M always means Mac, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about. Dan, thank you for letting me do a takeover for this this first an, first annual, which doesn't really mean anything, first <laughs> annual 2022 Tascapalooza or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. Do you want to thank our sponsors? Thank our sponsors. Get mailgun. Squarespace and mailgun. Squarespace and mailgun. Mm. Thank you for, for being patient. This has been a long episode. Oh, that's a good one. I think it's giving the people what they want. Really? Yeah. Discussion of, of, of markup languages. Yes, so by next week, I'll mostly know Pearl. Um, so, may Yama Merlin. Mm. Mm. May Camel Merlin. Huh. Mm. Larry Wall paper. Okay. Um, hey, happy new year. And uh, is that everything? That's everything. That's everything. Let's button it up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 